This is Women Who Build Empires, a podcast celebrating women entrepreneurs and thought leaders who are turning the tables on outdated old school belief systems and building business empires that align with who they are, how they work, and how they are leaving a lasting legacy. And I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner, serial entrepreneur, investor, and business consultant for ambitious women entrepreneurs who are boldly taking their business to the next level. In each episode, you're going to get to know the women who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of how both success and failure have helped them become incredible CEOs. Hey, Empresses. One of the common threads that I love hearing throughout all of the stories that I get to share of women entrepreneurs and visionaries is how we tend to take negative experiences, let's go with lemons, and make them into lemonade with profitable businesses. And my guest today, Katie Harris, is no different. Katie has been a nurse for over 20 years, and when she was at her most fed up, feeling not valued, exhausted, tired, burned out, and feeling like there were no other options than working at the hospital 60 to 70 hours a week. She had an aha moment when she was approached by Walmart to see what some of the other options were for her to be able to fulfill her mission as a nurse and helping people, which led her to starting Nursepreneurs. So in the episode, we talk about how she built her business and not only what that journey has been like, but some of the self limitations and fears that she's had to overcome in order to have her business grow. And if you are like Katie or many other women entrepreneurs who feel like you experience imposter syndrome, who are you to build and create this incredible business, I urge you hop on a rev up your revenue audit call with me, completely free, complimentary, pitch free. And we'll look at some of the places that you're stuck in your business and create a very quick, but implementable roadmap so you can achieve success faster and with more profitability. The link is in the show notes and I only have a few spots open. So make sure you hop on my calendar soon. Hi, Katie. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. I've had a number of guests over the last year who have been in different parts of the healthcare industry. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your story um, as having been a nurse and now helping nurses become entrepreneurs. So welcome and just tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, thank you so much for having me today. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, Yeah, I've been a nurse for, oh my gosh, (laughs) hate to date myself, but like 25 years. And I always worked uh, neurocritical care, worked uh, the neurofloors and loved it. Absolutely loved everything that I did. Uh, Working in the hospital uh, was like my second family or more like my first family. (laughs) You know, it's just the people that I worked with 12 hours a day, you know, sometimes four or five days a week. And um, it was wonderful. And it was busy and it was exciting. 
until it wasn't, uh, because neuro has a very, very steep learning curve. Um, you know, there's just so much to learn. And it took me several years to learn what I needed to know. And we have we had residents, of course, and our residents would come in. And within seven years, I'd graduate. Well, within seven years, you know, I've, I've learned a lot of stuff. And then, you know, the problem was, is that I could never advance past the level of the intern, which is the bottom of the, the medical hierarchy, right? That when you come into to the hospital, you start out as an intern. Um, so that I could never get past that level. I would see my residents, I'd graduate and they'd go off and become directors of this or directors or that. And um, I, I've had four master's degree and a, and a PhD and, um, you know, I'd never, I wasn't advancing anywhere. I wasn't going anywhere and there was really nowhere for me to go. Um, and I even had positions that I applied for and they're like, oh, well, you need to be a doctor. And I'm like, what do I need to be a doctor for? I am a doctor, <laughs> you know, I'm a doctor, right. <laughs> I have a PhD, which, yeah. So it, yeah, it got really, really frustrating, um, and I started coming into the hospital just not happy, just a kind of an angry person. And uh, it really started to to bother me. I mean, it's one thing for the first couple of years, it's exciting and it's fun, but you know, from years like 10 to 20, <laughs> you know, right. it's really frustrating, so. I feel like in a lot of positions and when you're first starting out that like, some of the excitement is about all the learning you get to do and figuring out where your place is. And then when you hit that, like that certain level where you can't climb anymore, as you were saying it, then that's where the grind really starts to happen. Was that true right. for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, in the beginning too, you want that support, um, but there was never the opportunity to kind of branch out or go anywhere. And like I said, watching what the the med student that I mentored for seven years go off and and get, you know, as soon as he graduated, he ended up with a directorship and, you know, these neurosurgeons, they make a million dollars. And, uh, you know, I've, <laughs> every position, you'll love this, every position I've ever gotten that I advanced into, especially in nursing, I took pay cuts. So when I went from nursing with a bachelor's degree to nursing with a master's degree, I took a 30% pay cut. When I went to master's degree to doctor degree, I took another 30% pay cut. <laughs> and I'm like, why is this happening to me? You know, like, um, so. And why is that? Like, why is the structure almost backwards? Uh, it, that's a good question because, uh, I mean, in the hospital, one, the only reason you come into the hospital is for nursing care, right? Most of the stuff can be done outpatient. So the only reason to be there is for nursing care. Uh, and two, the College of Nursing in any university carries the university. And this is very, very true in our hospital. Um, so or in our university system is that the nursing um, pays for all the other university departments because they're they don't make money. Like social work doesn't make money. The med school in a lot of ways doesn't make money. You know, like they're all completely dependent on the school of nursing to bring in the money, but we all get paid the less, the least. So it comes down to um, how much they value you basically. And I think that is the crux of, you know, the nursing crisis that's out there. Well, and it's, I mean, a little bit I know about nursing programs, it's very intense and you have a really hard job. It, not only do you have to have an enormous amount of knowledge, but you're patient facing and you're dealing with different personalities, different fears, people coming in, not in their best place. 
And your job, at least in my eyes as a nurse, is to create calm and to also start bringing that first level of wellness to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially in, in neurocritical care. So my average patient was about 50 years old. They were fine one moment. The next moment, they're in an ICU bed, comatose, right? And typically, they're the breadwinner. And the family's coming in. And, you know, when you think about, <laughs> I'm sure they're thinking about hospital bills, and is this my loved one going to survive and that kind of stuff. So you get the angst and the anxiety and that whole, like, traumatic story from the family. Um, and then it, I mean, it doesn't certainly doesn't stop there because I don't know if you've ever interacted with neurosurgeons, but they're quite a bunch um, <laughs> and they like to yell and scream. So, you know, I get to deal with all of that and uh, um, it, you get it from your C-suite uh, and you get it from all different directions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, at some level. The pay is is fine. It's okay, but to be honest, now I pay my social media manager more than a nurse makes. Um, <laughs> you know, and and she has a much nicer lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Can work kind of when she wants to within certain parameters. Did you burn out at any point? To me, it's not. And I'm. I mean, I can only speak from my experience of burnout. But burnout for me was just um, not being able to advance and getting so frustrated and finally giving up. So to the point where, you know, I'm just like, oh, well, that's just how we do it here. or That's never going to change. Or, you know, this really kind of sarcastic, apathetic attitude. That was my burnout and the anger that came with that and the frustration that here I was with four master's degree and a PhD making a 30% of what I was making at lower levels and um, not going anywhere. Right. So the burnout wasn't that I was physically exhausted or that I was, it's just that there wasn't a place for me there and I wanted to grow and I wanted to do things. And a lot of the nurses that come to us and to my business, that's them. They've worked on the floors for 20, 30 years. They have all the, they see all the problems as frontline workers. They bring solutions to people. And uh, typically what happens when a nurse brings solution to management, they're like, Oh, can you work overtime? Not like, yeah, let's seriously talk about this or, you know, that problem gets dismissed or their ideas get dismissed or they even get taken a lot of times uh, and, you know, that the management will run with them. They're frustrated and they want to do something more and you want to have a legacy. I can tell you my legacy after 20 years of working neurosurgery with the same group, my last day, it was just like, see ya. (laughs) You know, I have zero legacy, right? If I went to the hospital, I haven't been to the hospital in two years. If I went there now, maybe one person would remember who I was or what I did. And th- there's nothing. I have nothing to show for 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Which is frustrating. Yeah. What would you like to see have happen or change or be different in hospitals so that nurses can be recognized? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a good question. I, I you know the nurses don't actually want all that much. Uh, you know they want to be validated, recognized for their contribution and valued in what they're doing, for sure. But uh, you know they also nurses as a whole they love to learn and grow, and I think there needs to be opportunities for that um, pathways for them. Uh, to expand, you know, they really should be in leadership because we see so many of the problems. We know what's wrong, and a lot of the uh, the solutions come top down. And you know, the ironic thing is, like when they switch over an EMR system, 
you know, when they have the nurse after they've implemented, we had an $80 million EMR system placed in our hospital and, uh, you know, they forgot to consult the nurses. So when they <laughs> implemented the system and the nurses are like, this doesn't work, they had to go back to the drawing board and redo it. So it's, it's ridiculous stuff like that. The fact that they don't recognize us as the largest body in the hospital and quite frankly, one of the most important, the only reason you go into the hospital um, and, and not to take in our opinions or ask, con you know, consult with us is, is uh, it's beyond obnoxious. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a very old school authoritarian leadership. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, as we're seeing as I think industry after industry is starting to make shifts into a more, I'm going to say feminine leadership style, but more inclusive as well. Right. Thank God. <laughs> That's really where change and effectiveness can happen. And it's unfortunate that care is and and wellness is one of the last places that it's happening. Yeah. And it, it, the whole system is completely dependent. And it's not just the nurses, but it's completely dependent on doctors and nurses giving like 120% or 150% of their time and energy. And actually, the New York Times had done an article on this several years ago on how much the hospital system depends on uh, the doctors and nurses working more and not getting paid for it. Like it's a huge, huge amount of money. Uh, so I, I know nurse managers in particular, they work 60, 70 hours a week. They get pulled in to do staffing. So imagine you're a manager and you have to staff. So now you're working, you know, the the staffing position. And then in your spare time, you have to do all of the management stuff. And I teach leadership. So I, I hear these stories and I said, well, you just need to stop. And they're like, well, I can't stop. Like it's the patients, the patients, you know, I need to help the patients and the nurses. And I said, what you're doing is you're enabling a system to basically use you. Um, I'm like, you're doing the job of two full-time employees and you need to let it fail in order to fix it. And I know it's so hard to do that, but it's the only way that things are going to change. Right. Right. I totally agree. Just in general, whether it's raising kids, starting a business, changing industries, you have to let the pieces fall apart in order for shifts to be made. People seem to need to have that experience of kind of bottoming out. Yeah. So, so you spent 20 years as a nurse, you're burned out, frustrated, not progressing. What happened next? I just, I needed something different. And I actually, I got into this huge fight with my attending, which is very, very unlike me. It's, if anybody knows me, one, I'm very authority deferring, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, whatever. So I don't, non-confrontational, I do not like confrontation. I've avoided it at all cost, which sometimes costs me a lot, but um, you know, so for me to blow up at an attending, uh, you know, basically f bombing for like a few minutes and then get suspended from work and have to go to anger management classes was a big deal. And it's, you know, something that I don't even think my family believes me that it happened, but <laughs> it did. Uh, it's on my file. But uh, it was at that moment where I'm sitting at home and I'm thinking, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, this is one, it's embarrassing. Uh, two, I don't understand, like, I don't even 
like who I am in this hospital or this situation and I need to change. Like clearly nothing is going to change if I stay here, if I continue on doing down this pathway. Um, So I started looking for other, other things that I could do. And it it just so happened. And this is like the universe handing me, you know, just a a present um, Walmart literally called me on the phone and asked me if I knew anybody that wanted to be, uh, you know, to help them, they were doing a, they needed a um, senior manager for talent acquisition for their clinics down south. And they needed a nurse practitioner. Uh, and I said, I would love to do this. And they hired me. So I spent the next couple of years uh, with Walmart working in that position. And that's when I met so many other nurses that were doing amazing things. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to do amazing things like these other nurses are doing. They're working at the WHO, the UN, they're working on international committees, they're working in Africa, they're working, you know, so many exciting things that I'm like, my bubble burst. And I'm like, there's a whole other world out there. It's not just my unit. I mean, it seems kind of obvious to say that, but I couldn't see it at the time. Well, I think that makes complete sense, right? Like when you're in the middle of the chaos, it's almost impossible to see anything outside of that because you're just in that cycle of do the work, go to sleep, do the work, go to sleep, particularly at 70-ish hours a a week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there was uh, some part of me that felt the need, like I I felt, I did feel bad. Like if I, if God forbid, I only work 40 hours a week, like I was paid for, uh, you know, you'd get some attitude because the residents are there 80 hours a week and and more. Um, They're not supposed to be, but they are. You know, when I first started, they were there 100, 120 hours a week, which is really unsafe. But um, since then, they're supposed to only be there 80 hours a week, but they give you so much grief if you left, oh, it's nice that you can go home at six o'clock. I'm like, I got off two hours ago. <laughs> like, you know, I just did you a favor by staying and helping you out with that family that was biting your head off. Like, <laughs> and when you're working that much, I mean, you essentially give up everything else in your life. Right. Right. right? You like, absolutely do. It's hard to maintain relationships, have friends, have a hobby, anything else. Yeah. Well, that's why the hospital, it became my world, right? Like we work hard together, then we go out and have drinks together and, you know, have all kinds of drama together. And and it was, it was fun, but it's also kind of toxic and not healthy. (laughs) Right. Right. So you work for Walmart, you see all of these new options. You're like, kind of like, la. at what point do you start your business? Well, I started my podcast first because I met uh, this woman. Her name was Diana Mason, and she was absolutely amazing. She was a nurse, um, and she ran a radio television show or a radio show, um, and I was just blown away by this. I'm like, well, how how do you start a radio show? That doesn't even make sense to me. Like, it doesn't. It never occurred to me that I could start a radio show. And not sure I had anything to say at the time, anyway. But um, so she walked me through it. And that was my very, it was one of my very first podcast interviews um, and, or what turned out to be a, the podcast interview. And so I started seeking people like her out and, and talking to them. That's how I started my podcast was just asking them how they did this. How did they feel like they could do this? Like who gave them permission to do this? What, you know, why did they think it needed to be done? That kind of stuff. And uh, as I met more and more people, um, I started hearing more and more problems of people trying to put their businesses together. And one of my degrees is an MBA and I've had businesses before and I'm like, well, I could 
I can do this. I can help you get started with your business plan. I can help you get started, you know, launching the business and coming up with your minimal viable product and that kind of stuff. So that's, that's where it really stemmed from. Um, and I could also see how nurses could take their expertise of what it was and turn it into a business model into like coaching programs, consulting programs, that kind of stuff. So that's what, that's how we started. That sounds super fun. Yeah. And how, <laughs> how did you, Start bringing people or, or nurses into your business um, as clients. And what are some of the businesses that they've started as consultants as um, as they're building their business? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really started out with uh, friends and friends of friends. And, you know, it's just I spent like a year putting a website together and a course together and a webinar and was kind of hiding behind that for a long time. But I did launch, finally launched the webinar and uh, sold a couple of courses from that. Freaked me out too. I was like, Oh my God, like <laughs> somebody bought my course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was really uh it was a weird feeling. I've gotten over it since then, but um, it was, you, you kind of get addicted to that too. You're like, well, let's do this again and again. And so, you know, learning Facebook ads and, and whatnot. And I was, I was started to join mastermind groups too, which was very expensive, but it was like this huge out, like I was learning so much. Um, you know, it was, it was basically like me going to get another degree, but it was fun and it was exciting. And I went new places and met new people and that kind of stuff. And one of the persons I met finally said to me, he said, you need to start a Facebook group. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, I don't know if nurses will join and that kind of stuff. But uh, he said it enough that I'm like, okay, fine. So I started a Facebook group and like that was 2018, I guess. And within a, a month, there are thousands of people in it. So <laughs> it works. And now we, yeah, yeah, it works. So now we have like 20,000 um, that are in there at this point. So it, it's a good, it's a good group. Cool. What do you see um, in your Facebook group with that many people? Like what type of community is happening, particularly now, as I know some people are starting to be off Facebook more, but I think the groups that have solid communities are still really impactful. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the nurses are in there, one, trying to search out if their ideas have validity and two, finding resources for things that they're trying to do. So we do have some common business themes, such as nurses wanting to start IV hydration clinics, med spas or concierge nursing, which is um, help after surgery. And uh, so they'll ask, you know, who has this lawyer? You know, I need a medical director in this state. Like, where do I get supplies? How do I do this? That kind of stuff. And then we like to share um, our students' stories and challenges that they're having. Uh, so that that's a lot of the stuff that we do there. But yeah, you're right. Like, it's that. I mean, Facebook is has lost. I feel like a lot of momentum. But you know, we do send out emails and say, hey, we're going to be live in the Facebook group and try to keep driving them back. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, as I said, I think for those communities that are active and thriving and involved, if whatever roller coaster Facebook is on is <laughs> kind of outside of that group, because I you think it's on a downward spiral. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Mark might might reinvent Facebook into something. There else. you go. <laughs> Everybody hops back on, but it the groups are a great place to have and host communities. Yes. Be able to bring people together from all over the world. So right. that's the value add of 
of being. And it's so much easier because I have to tell you, like I started out in Facebook and then I moved over to another place and I couldn't get people to download the app or figure out how to get on. And then I went to another place and same problem. So I, four times I've moved the group and, you know, I I'm back on Facebook <laughs> after all these years, like um, just because it, it's just, it's easier. Everybody's got the app on their phone and you, they don't have to worry about downloading it and this, that, and the other thing, but. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So what's next, like as you're moving through this whole journey and, and what are you thinking about as you move forward into the rest of this year? Uh, so for the rest of this year, we're building out our coaching programs more and more. So we've, we've focused a lot on beginners um, mm -hmm. for the past couple of years, but now I have a sizable community of nurses that are in business and they're asking for more stuff. Like, can you train my team? Can you do this? I'm stuck here. And they're more kind of operational issues. So, you know, I want to bring in sort of a higher level of, of training for the nurses to help them um, as they they grow. Because I mean, to me, I mean, we could just stay in the beginner space. But I mean, marketing and marketing too is such a, it's such a huge area that God, I spent so much money, wasted so much money chasing after crazy marketing techniques that uh, just didn't work. So uh, we do have a platform that we've invested in to do the basics that they need done, like driving ads to their sites and, and getting content uh, to get people on their sites and, uh, you know, sharing that information with them. So that's, that's been a huge part of what we're doing. And then the next part is, is like I said, uh, teams, operations, um, and kind of that really higher six level, six figure level um, issues anyway. Right, right. Well, and I mean, every business owner has challenges. So um, being able to support people at all levels is, I think, really helpful, particularly where you, I would think you have a relationship with some of the uh, business owners who are now growing and scaling and experiencing, you know, different, different problems. Um, yeah. I'm curious too, like what for nurses or entrepreneurs in general, like what are some of the marketing strategies that you feel the most comfortable with as far as it works? Because I too have done all sorts of different things over the years. Some have worked better than others. There's certain things that I don't recommend to my clients, regardless of how enthusiastic they are, because the conversion ratio is so low and right. there's so much time and effort put into that. Yeah, no, I mean, and most of the businesses that we do marketing for are local businesses. So, uh, you know, just to preface that aspect of it, but, um, you know, basically, um, we build their websites for them and we build them so that everything is integrated in that, you know, the contact page, the text messaging, the lead magnets, everything goes into one unified inbox uh, that they have as an app on their phone. And then it sends out SMSs and emails, but you know, they're not going to get any traffic to the website unless they drive traffic to their website. So we encourage them to one network, which nobody wants to hear, but you know, go out and hit the pavement, hand out your flyers to, go to community meetings and, and do all that legwork, which is really powerful in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, and then to beef up their SEO, which is a long game, as you know, um, right. you know, just building out the content, the videos, the social media, and then three, the, I mean, having them on Google business and driving ads to map search uh, does absolute wonders uh, for their business. And it doesn't have to cost them a whole lot. Right. Right. Which are, 
I mean, all strategies that I love, particularly for local businesses. Do most of your nurses have physical locations or where do they tend to land? Some of them are mobile, but, uh, you know, honestly, the the local businesses are, are easier for a variety of reasons, um, in, you know, especially for med spa and IV hydration, just for like product delivery and that kind of stuff. But and even for, I mean, Google Business is a is a pain in the butt to verify mobile businesses as well. It's been a huge headache. Um, but but yeah, I mean that that's that's generally we that those are the types of businesses that we work with. Okay, cool. And you have a profitable idea blueprint for nurses who are just getting started, correct? Yes. Can so. Yeah, yeah. So for us, it, it's a, a guide, a step guide of, you know, what you're going to go through, because it is, it's, it is a bit of a roller coaster. And I remember when I, I first started out, like, I remember one of the first things I did was Facebook ads, which is really dumb, because I didn't even have, like, a lead magnet or an email capture system or any of that stuff. Like, you know, so, you know, here's, here's what you need to focus on first, you need to focus on having an audience, right, like, and, and listening to their problems, and figuring out what the problem is. And, and, you know, the big part of getting started in the business is understanding the audience and the problem, because if you don't nail that, you're gonna, your marketing is going to be ridiculously expensive <laughs> trying to figure it out or hard or very time consuming. And then, um, and part of that is building out, like I said, your minimal viable product and then stepwise, um, what you need to do, you know, building out your brand and your website and how you want to be perceived, which is a big part of, of it. And then driving traffic, um, so to, to get you. So that's when you want to start investing in, either you learning how to do Facebook ads or Google ads or hiring somebody, which is what I would recommend to my former self. (laughs) So yeah, I I wanted to do everything myself. And then I'm like, you know what? I hate Facebook ads. I just don't want to do this. Well, they're complicated. Yeah, they are. And I've spent thousands of dollars trying to learn how to do it. And I still don't know how to do it. And you know, whatever. (laughs) And we have the link for the profitable idea blueprint. So if you are a nurse or I think even looking to start just your business in general, it would probably yeah. be beneficial. Absolutely. What has been your biggest learning experience in your entrepreneurial journey? Uh, the biggest learning experience has been that, you know, like I always tell my nurses, because this is was true for me, that 99% of my business problems were personal problems. And uh, every obstacle that I came up into the business had some root in some hangup or like personal obstacle that I had that I had to attend to and fix before I could move forward. It was really irritating. <laughs> Even the Facebook group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even right? the Facebook group was, you know, one of the reasons I didn't want to start the Facebook group was because when I was in seventh grade, I had a party and nobody showed up, right? And it was traumatizing. And it, my biggest fear is that if I put a Facebook group together, nobody will come. And then I'm a big loser, right? Like, so, and those fears were so real, and they paralyzed me. And uh, I mean, that could have not have, I mean, the business might not have taken off if I didn't start that Facebook group. Right, right, right. You had this really perfect timing to start a Facebook group, and this natural bucket for so many people to land, right, and, and be in community. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some of the successes that you've 
been like, yes, I can't believe we just did that. <laughs> um, well, so yeah, I just, uh, concierge nursing is one of my favorite businesses. And I just had a phone call yesterday with one of our nurses who uh, is out in Vegas and she's doing concierge nursing in a very, very, very wealthy neighborhood and she is killing it. So I'm, I'm super excited you know, to be a part of that. And she credits us with a lot of uh, what she's accomplished. Uh, and granted, like every business owner, <laughs> we, we give them what they need, but they're the ones that do all the work. So all her success is hers, but we're really excited to be a part of it. Yeah, it is really cool to see that type of transformation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And for a nurse or somebody who knows a nurse um, who's exhausted and frustrated like you were, what advice or recommendations do you have for them? I would recommend to pop your own bubble and look at the other things that are out there. I mean, there's nurses in NASCAR, there's nurses that work at Disney, there's nurses that work at NASA. Uh, they're all over the place. There's nothing that you can't pair with nursing. Uh, you don't have to stay in the hospital. My suggestion is to let it implode and, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, be on the outside ready to help uh, people stay healthy, be healthy. And I mean, even the concierge nurses can take care of patients at home. So. Right. Right. Cool. Well, thank you, Katie. This has been so much fun and I learned a ton um, having been on the outside of kind of the medical healthcare industry. Um, I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And where can everybody find you? Uh, Nursepreneurs.com. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. It's my hope that you find at least one nugget of value in each episode of Women Who Build Empires. And if that's true, please follow and share Women Who Build Empires with your friends and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Your support is what will help this podcast be found by more women just like you.